everybody and welcome to episode 107 the one where we talk to Ali Bailey winner of male winner this week of Lakeland 105 um there's a shock there's a twist in his running story wait till you hear it Gary obviously knew I didn't but uh, great story great chap um uh this is Run Tills podcast I was like where are we what are we doing oh yeah this is the Run Tills podcast charge Cheer charge make nutritious tasty and easily digestible flapjacks and nut butters including a delicious vegan range go check them out at www.cheercharge.co.uk I'm really sorry I sound slightly like um well, I, I'm harking back to Friends because my kids have just discovered Friends and are working through the back catalogue. And Phoebe has a cold and she sings. She loves <laughs> the voice. Crowley. <laughs> really sorry, because it's slightly annoying to listen to somebody with a cold. So I'll try and keep my voice as um, as smooth and as not snotty as possible. But, you World know, service. Kids go really well. Kids go back to school, and as soon as they go back to school, they bring home germs. Oh yes, 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 yes. It is actually. It feels like the house is quiet back over in County Durham. Both kids have left. What I love is that I clear up breakfast, I wipe down, I start the day's work, and it stays like that for the rest (laughs) of the day. And all I have to have is a plate for my little sandwich at lunch, and I put that in the dishwasher, and that's it. So everyone gets home and ruins it. Anyway, how are you, Mr. Vlogger? What's news? What's occurring? <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week, actually. Still uh, getting the vlogs done, so that's awesome. Still motivated with that. And I, th- I just mentioned, mentioned to you uh, before we chatted that it's made me more mindful of the week and I reflect more on my runs and exercise, which is nice because I've never normally um, done that. And some of the other feedback, which I'm paying more attention to, like the sleep score and stuff like that, yeah, I'm just being a bit more reflective, a bit more mindful. So, yeah, really enjoying that, really connecting, really enjoying connecting with a different community. And and what it is, uh, what's good, I was always a bit, should I share the blog in the Run to the Hills uh, forum? And I think I still will do that. But what I've noticed is some people, because I mentioned the podcast on the vlog, some people are discovering the podcast through the vlog. So it's good. I know I can't get enough of Gary. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, it's good. But wow, it's just like I think I mentioned before, it takes a lot of lots of small amounts of time. Think about that because I was thinking as I went, you know, often if I see a lovely picture, mainly when I get to the top of the hill, I'm like, oh, that's so lovely. I'd love to share. That's my picture of the day. Yeah. I'll take one picture, and that takes me, you know, I have to get my phone out or take pictures. Oh, that's rubbish. Yeah. It's always rubbish. I'm not really good at taking pictures. But that's always, I'm like, Gary, you've got an immense well, amount. Of- there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know, say I go out with George and do a binge record of footage and then you weave it into... Don't ruin it. Don't Sorry, ruin it. Burst the bubble, haven't I? Yeah. Don't the bubble. <laughs> but as far as running is concerned, I've done my favourite 2020. Robbo and I did that. I love that. Hilly Fartlek and six times five minutes and a long run. So bish, bash, bosh. And my... So I did the 2020 20, 20, and on the Wednesday, yeah, my legs felt 
really poop. I'm feeling those um, as I'm getting a bit older, already. I'm not recovering as quick as I used to. And then Sunday was the long run, and I'm so thankful it was just a easy long run. God, let me just <laughs> walk here. I clicked on the like the workout, and I was saying, I was thinking, don't say five miles at marathon pace or something like that. Five, five, five miles at marathon pace. <laughs> so that was good. That was awesome just to do some nice miles on Sunday. But yeah, three workouts. And I've, I've mentioned this quite a few times. I do the three workouts, but as soon as I start doing a bigger run on a Sunday or maybe two longer runs, then I'll ditch that third um, speed session. But for now, yeah, while I'm not going up the lakes, I've got a bit of withdrawal symptoms for the lakes. I'm kind of yearning a trip over there. But while I'm just staying local, um, you know, two day Helvellyn is a serious distance, but I don't really think I need to be doubling up and doing big days and putting all that mental capacity into this training block. So I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> somebody bought me a coffee, which was awesome. That was nice. A lovely bit of uh, kindness from one of the community over on YouTube. But there's a thing where you can just buy a coffee for somebody as a kind of thank you for creating content, supporting you. How do they do that? What, they send you a bit of money, but you have to buy a coffee? It's, it's called Coffee. This platform's called Coffee, And then you log, there's someone uh, goes in and I think just through PayPal, they are pitching a few dollars to just help support you create your content. So that was awesome. All the way from Canada, which was ah, even. A Canadian. And what I did notice, and maybe I'm incorrect, someone can call me out. I think we are the number one trail running podcast in Great Britain. I don't think there's yeah. anybody else. I looked at it. You know, <laughs> I, I love the chat. Anyone else that does trail running podcasts? <laughs> well, <there>? yeah, both. <laughs> If we narrow it down to trail running, fell running in the hills with the title run if and you put another filter on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked at the charts, you know, I always love looking at the charts and the downloads. And we are consistently in the top five, uh, pretty much every week, actually. But then there were a couple of awesome, you know, you had Talk Ultra. That was a, a, a favourite of mine. But for some reason at the moment, that's inconsistent when it comes out. I'm not too sure what's going on over there with Ian. Um, but we know how hard it is. My goodness me to get a podcast out on Ian's podcasts are kind of two, three hours long. So <laughs> I can understand. And then you have uh, James and Dan, their podcast, which is very stop-starty. So another awesome content. But <laughs> so we... <laughs> And that's what it's all about, isn't it, Gary? Yeah. It's just the consistency. We're always there. The content, nah. The <laughs> we keep showing up. <laughs> keep up. Can I be selected, Miss? Please put me in the team. <laughs> but it was awesome, and you know, uh, we we do work hard, but we wouldn't be anywhere, I suppose, without yeah, people. Download. Download. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome that people download the show. Uh, yeah, I just thought that it blew me away when I was just I was just jogging along thinking. Oh yeah, I'm going to stop and check the charts again. I've just got a little... <laughs> <laughs> just to make me feel good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I say, there wasn't anybody that was consistently charting within the trail running. Charts, so yeah, enough about me patting myself on the back. Um... <laughs> Someone's got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get any of that at home. What about you? How's your week? 
Good weekend. Oh, oh, oh. oh let's oh. start. Let's go for the running. So I did listen to, I was just telling Gary, I did listen to, um, I don't often listen to the interviews again because I've listened to them. Uh, we do so much work for the interviews, don't we? And the research and then the questions. And I'm like, I got, I love listening to the story, but I don't really want to listen to it again. But I listened to our preamble the other day. I just like to check on Gary's editing. He's doing his homework right. And uh, oh, wangled on last week. So I'll try and keep this short. <laughs> um, but yes, another good week in the berg a little bit less running topping out at i don't know how many miles 60 65 miles 12 13 14 feet climbing nice bit climbing as well three hours on the bike good oh you race how that do, how do... right i'll talk about that in a minute uh <laughs> did all my sessions so i did uh eight by three minutes hill reps basically that was just there's a long hill which is pretty much all track it's pretty rocky in places but it's good for hill reps because you can run it if you're hill repping it's really funny this if i'm hill repping i can run it all if i'm just running it i'm like it's way too steep it's way too steep to run up i'm gonna hike up this but if i get in my mind that it's a session i can run up it i did that did a moderate run. It was no way near a moderate run. It was a really hard run. I got carried away. I had an hour and eight minutes from dropping one kid to picking, needing to pick up the other one. So I was just like, I'm just going to see how far I can run. So I'm going to see how far I can run in that one hour, eight minutes. Ooh, I meant I to have a cap on the heart rate and I just let that blow. And I just pounded it up the hill. And then I was like, I've got to turn. I've got to turn at 45 minutes because I think I get back down this in 25 minutes. I didn't calculate there was going to be a massive storm. Um, I ended up like my phone died. I ended up like this drown rat. Anyway, I loved it, but it was way too hard than it was meant to be. Paid for that bit, but, you know, I loved it. Didn't come, didn't, you know. It was all fine. Uh, had a lovely long run with Bryn. He had two days off because Geneva had this strange holiday thing. So I took him off into <laughs> back into Switzerland to go and see some cows. We pootled <laughs> along. He told me to stop dilly-dallying. I said, look, this is Ooh. the easy long run. I know. He was like, come on. I was like, this is the fun day. You can't relax, man. you got to eat your sandwiches. Such a treat to spend some time with my husband because you don't often get to do, do that. You, sorry, do you rename your run? Sometimes I've seen this on Strava when usually a man wants to validate why their run is slow. They'll go run with my wife no i can care less i don't even look at the face <laughs> i couldn't care less i normally if i'm with bryn i normally call it love run love oh. run <laughs> 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 with my lover <laughs> smooch central <laughs> oh, I don't know what I call it. I don't know. I don't even think about it. Yes. I often put in like today, I just did an hour run and I called it recovery. And that's mainly for myself because then I'll know I've done my recovery. And Jason can look at it and go, not tell me off. He tell he sends me messages. It's saying too many, too many heartbeats, and he slow it down. Right. So <laughs> I, I put it in to know that, so that I know I'm mindful. But that's the only thing. Maybe people are interested. Who knows? The other thing I've done, last thing, um, I was getting a bit scared about my screen. Do you get that weekly? How long you spend on your screen phone update on a Monday morning? Um, well, no. Since I've 
kind of do all this YouTube and this kind of stuff. I've turned it all off. There's no point. <laughs> well, I was definitely, mine was going up and up and I got one. It was said like, I was spending like an hour a day on Instagram, just like not an oh. hour total, but, you know, I'd have a quick flick through and it, yeah, taking it off my phone. And then I got my update saying you spend half an hour a day on social media. Much more healthy. I feel so much better for not looking at these things because it's just a waste of time. And it's only when I'm bored. And um, I feel much more focused. This training that I'm doing is taking a lot of energy. As you know, when you're training quite hard, a lot of the time with kids and life and job, and I don't want distraction. So I'm zoning in and I like it. I feel better. So you physically deleted the app? I just deleted the app because I don't have any self-control if it's there. And then if I want to go on Facebook, I have a little look when I've done my work on my computer. And then I might have a little look on Instagram, but really Instagram. Very good. Um, But I feel like cleaner. I feel like I'm sleeping better. I feel like I'm not reaching for my phone. Because it's dangerous, isn't it? Isaac Kenyon, who we're talking to in a bit, he's done some, he looked into it. And this is why he changed his life because you want those happy hormones. And he looked into all those different happy hormones. Yeah. It's, it's not real. Anyway, uh, yes, so all good, all going in the right direction. But man alive, I'm a little bit tired. So I'm trying to eat. I've just had, I'm just trying to eat my way through it. It's the only answer. <laughs> I've had four <laughs> slices of white bread already today. Oh, Gary, that blood Pop sugar. Oh, I love it. Yesme doesn't um, eat butter. She's not vegan, but she, you know, she tries to um, make positive choices with a with a, with a diet like that. Um, but she was out with Lisa the other day, and Lisa had some. I think they had a cafe, and then having some butter on something. And Esme tried it, and she was like, "Oh, can I have another bite, please?" <laughs> <laughs> Just it's so much better than the bite like butter on. Oh yeah, butter on anything, real butter. I love a piece of toast with butter and then peanut butter on. Brin's always appalled by that double layering system, but <laughs> I love it. Straight on my thighs, just rub it straight yes. on my thighs. Right, let's have some results. Loads of stuff going on. I'm dot watching of course. Open, yeah. What you got? Well, the lap. Wow, it felt like. A lot of my friends' friends that I know locally were over in the lakes doing the lap. I can see there's loads of them over there. So they all did awesome. Lots of great pictures. Catherine Spurden took the win for the ladies in eight hours and 35 minutes. And Jamie Hawkswell, I know Jamie, uh, really interesting. When I think a couple of years ago, I was outside of Pooley Bridge and the people were running out of Pooley Bridge up towards kind of Howtown, that time of area. And Jamie was walking hiking sorry up there and i was i just made a mindful note and i think i even said to him jamie oh you're gonna crush this and i think at the end of the lakeland 50 i think he, i think he craggy i could be wrong third but yeah he crushed the 50 um and out of everybody i saw he was the only one that was out of the out of the kind of top runners was actually walking out of Pooley bridge so awesome but yeah yeah i was in nine minutes and that's quite a close race i'd be interested in how that panned out if they um shared some miles or it was a bit of a time trial for jamie out on the front or he was running scared i'd love, I'd love to know how that panned out but yeah well done lots of positive feedback from the lap yeah uh, because we uh, mentioned it on the podcast. Food, Food and easy nav. <laughs> That's all you need, isn't it? <laughs> Food plus easy nav equal the ultimate ultra. Uh, Dragon's back. Did you do some dot watching? 
I did a little bit, yeah. I've got a friend who does their social media, so I kept up to date more from that side of it. Lisa Watson, former guest of the yeah. show, and was fourth overall, super consistent every day. I had a look back at all the results. Um, and she was in, she sort of had a steady start in the top 10 of the men overall for the first couple of days. And then she just got, she was just remained totally consistent. Um, she won in 53 hours, 46, absolutely obliterated any other women in the field. And the men's women was James Nobles in 50 hours, 44. It's quite interesting looking at all the stats. The guys, they go really fast the first couple of days and they fall apart. And yet the women stay consistently at the sort of similar time that they're putting in every day. Uh, no, what is it about men? We're crazy. <laughs> I just think probably they don't, you don't feel, you know, you feel good. And so you go at that pace and women will just hold back slightly. And then when it gets really hard, women will just get on with it and men will start whining. Isn't that life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've also got on my tab, I've got Tour du Jean open and I'm watching Sabrina Fajay in second place, moving closer and closer towards first place. She's only about 20 minutes behind Ooh, the first place lady, um, Sophie Grant, two, two former guests of Sabrina and yeah. Sophie. Uh, in third place, she's again about 90 minutes behind and that stayed solid overnight. So really cool to watch that. And um, Damien Hall is sitting in about sixth. I think Kim Coniston's withdrawn. Um, so that will have that will have finished by the time we go to air. But I'm enjoying watching those dots. Definitely a race on my radar. Tour de Gion, just oh, over the too long. too long, that one, Eddie. <laughs> Don't worry, Gary, you don't have to do it. That's what I always say to Brent. Don't worry, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. And this week we chat with Ali Bailey and it completes our clean sweep of Lakeland 100 winners and uh, organisers. Yeah, it was a real treat actually to catch up with Ali. I know Ali personally, so it was nice to have him on the podcast. And my goodness me, he did have an interesting run. Hope you enjoy our chat with Ali Bailey. on the show Ali today uh first questions always good first questions where are you <laughs> what's the view from your window <laughs> and have you been for a run today I am just outside of Newcastle um and have recently in a week and three days ago moved here so <laughs> I was a little bit further north over in Morbeth um so I'm now on a building site um, in a new built house. So I'm not going to open the window and show you that. <laughs> I was laughing because there's a blind, there's a lovely blind and flower arrangement. No training today so far anyway. We may touch on it later, but I'm struggling a little bit um, post late 100. So training has just resumed on a bike, but nothing today so far. Okay. I look forward to more deets. <laughs> yeah. So the Strava, you know, we've shared quite a few miles, Ali, and um we don't really talk about day jobs sometimes when we're, when we're out on the trails. But yeah, I'm curious to know a bit more about you, what you do as a day job and your journey as an athlete. You, know, you mentioned two wheels. So yeah, your progression from probably, I suppose, a cyclist to more of a, yeah, you're quite handy over the tarmac too. So yeah, a little bit about your history as a runner and your day job. Day job, um, don't really talk about it. It's pretty boring. Most people anyway. Um, I look after the finance team um, at Star Fitness. So that's quite a good manager. Um, not putting any calls out there, advertising hints out there, but yeah, 
um, look after the finance team over at Star Fitness, which is, um, it's really good. It merges a passion, running, cycling, fitness um, with numbers, <laughs> um, which not many people like. Um, I was like, oh, I get you lost me. You lost me on the finance <laughs> bit. I was like, so dear. Well, you gave me some um, VAT advice. <laughs> I was, I was yeah, struggling. Well, that's where that came from, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah accountant by trade, runner by, runner by the passion. Um, and yeah, two wheels, that's kind of where it all started, really. I mean, back in the teenage years, I wasn't a runner or a cyclist or anything like that. I played team sports um, quite heavily in football and played a bit of golf, a bit of cricket, played pretty much anything. Um, really competitive guy. Um, and I actually got tendonitis in both my knees playing football and I'm only small I'm five foot now you can't really see because I'm sitting down but when I hit like kind of 18 and progressed as an adult um, football physicality wise Sunday league just getting hoofed uh, and then got tendonitis in my knees and that's where the cycling came from so the, the rehab from tendonitis got into cycling um and like anything else, really competitive nature. One thing progresses to another and you end up joining a team, a local club, and then racing, doing longer rides and longer rides. And yeah, so progressed there. It wasn't all that good, um, but enjoyed it nonetheless and tried to get better. I think that was kind of the ethos. Um, and at the same time, dabbled in running. So was genuinely or generally quite fit. Did the Great North Run right back from like 2009, 2010 time. But just as like a something to do, something for fun. But always finished all right. I mean, I think my first one was around about an hour and 20, hour and 18, without <laughs> training for it. It's all right. You're all right with that. All right. <laughs> and then decided that the transition to running would probably be better because I'd be just as competitive and maybe a little bit better at it and actually try and get some results. Um, so that that's pretty much where I got into running was inadvertently through team sports and then cycling and then running really um, wasn't re really anything I had a family connection for a dad or mum pushing you to run or go to a local athletics club or anything like that it was kind of just the park run really was kind of where it started a bit of passion so um, there was a guy he's now like one of the best friends, a guy called Dan Alexander that I'd turn up the park run and he, he ran for Gateshead and I would turn up in just a, a normal vest. And it would get quite heated and quite competitive, um, which he didn't like at the time. But obviously once we started speaking, it was quite good and quite friendly. And, and really he's the guy that I train with on a daily, weekly basis now. And, um, I run for Gateshead he kind of twisted my arm and joined Gateshead and we just push each other at the limits every session which is brilliant for both of us really um, and yeah that, that's kind of where Ali evolved and uh, pretty much where I am now How did you get how did you go from the road onto being trails was it natural do you always just super comfortable on the trails or is it something injury prevention No it was um, <clears throat> actually a friend of mine Danny Greaves um, he's like a superb cyclist or was until he stopped um, he was national champion um, he, over 12 hours so super endurance engine um, and when he got the hump with cycling let's say um, quite competitive like me he decided that a Bob Graham round is what he'd do 
that I'd never ever heard of it. This is 2019, maybe. Um, never heard of the Bob Graham round, anything like that. And he said, I'm going to give this a pop. Here's the link to Wikipedia. Have a little look. And I thought he was insane. Um, and really just from there is where it all started. Um, obviously he was aware of the Lake District and tried walking across there on infrequent visits. Um, never ever thought of running up and down the fells. Um, <laughs> so yeah, supporting him on that, both in recce's and then actually on the day itself. So I support him um, leg one and then on leg five. Um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, anyone who's done a Bob Graham round or is thinking of doing one or a support on one will know what it's about. It's just a unique phenomenon, really. Um, and the, that's where the bug started. That's when I thought, right, I might as well give this a pop myself. And what's the timeline? When did Danny do his? I think July 19, um, so just before the pandemic, really. Did you find you were quite just a natural on the trails? Were, you, were your mates like, oh, Ali, you're you're incredible? Or were you like falling around and like, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I can't get up this hill? Can't get I, I was, and still self-confess, not very technical on the fells at all. There's a lot of improvement there. I mean, the first time we went out, it was still a laughing joke. I went in some Adidas Boston 6 running shoes. Classic. Yeah, <laughs> total classic. I was that guy. Um, all this. And it was, we were coming off red screes and it was like thrown down with rain all day, coming down the mud clots and red skis and I was brown head to toe. Um, so yeah, learned, learned my lesson the hard way and still not technically affluent on the trails at all. Oh, uh, I don't know. I've seen you. I don't know. As a footballer, it's a nimble feet, the footballer, isn't it? My middle child's a really good footballer and his nimble feet on the trails and my husband is an ex-footballer and they can just like move direction and pick their feet up quickly and they just look like they're playing football. But then they fall because also you've not got that fear, I think, from a foot being footballer as well. Kind of really happy to kind of throw yourself around a lot as well. Funnily enough, it was a little shout out with the podcast, actually. I remember a podcast um, that you were doing and you were doing top tips for descending and you were talking about the pitter-patter in the making a song or, or going along with a song. And that's stuck with me ever since, really, just like mm-hmm. nimble, quick feet and, so, yeah, so I, 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 instrumental I, in your Lakeland 100 win, would you say? Exactly that. Pretty much. <laughs> and if it wasn't for you, what's your song? Oh, just whatever has been on the radio on the way across. It's a long drive to the lakes, but normally, <laughs> yeah. normally a little bit of a little bit of upbeat music and happy days. <laughs> That'll stick. Let's, uh, Gary's desperate to talk about Lakeland 100 because all he wants to talk about is all he can breathe. But um, before we go into the nitty gritty of that, can you tell us what your build up? to the Lake 100 looked like? Because end of July, there's quite a lot of months to carry actually over and it's almost at the end of the summer season, Lake 100. What did your training look like going into it? Any build-up races? I was talking to Gary, um, well, on the day. Um, he knew kind of my year. I had the Lake 100 and I had Berlin um, September, end of September. So my training wasn't really stereotypical. It wasn't kind of what I did for the Bob Graham where I was like in the lakes at every opportunity. I was trying to mix up tarmac stuff with um, kind of fell stuff with the Lakeland 100's not all that technical doesn't have kind of the vertical challenges and the technical challenges that Bob Graham round does so my ethos going into it was plenty of volume um, on the tarmac keeping the speed work involved 
And then on the weekend, try and do something long in the fells, um, sort of five, six hours plus. Um, and that's really what I did. Um, I had Edinburgh Marathon in May, end of May. So I came out of a, a pretty decent winter, just doing a lot of volume stuff on the roads and started building towards the Lakeland with Edinburgh in mind. And kind of as it hit end of March, early April time, I got a little bit hungrier for Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of like, let's let's try to race Edinburgh a little bit harder than what I was going to originally. And so did less in the fells, but really worked on getting pretty sharp at Edinburgh. And, and I got pretty close to good shape uh, for that race. Um, but then I started getting a calf niggle, um, a knee niggle, had some physio, had some rehab, and had a half marathon in Sunderland two weeks prior to Edinburgh as a sharpener and yeah. pulled up at like seven miles I was getting this um, thing in training where I would do so many reps and then just say I was doing 800 reps at mile reps I would do so many and then all of a sudden go from being really fresh to literally full of lactate and just couldn't move really and had to like stretch it off so thought I was over that at that hurdle and then two days before Edinburgh went out on a like just a little flush out run and my knee ended up like the size of a balloon um was gonna pull out accommodation was booked decided to go had some kt tape on yada 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 making That's fine. Be fun. Uh, <laughs> got the 23 miles in i think i was about fifth on the road sixth on the road yeah and uh just blew up really oh i didn't know where this story <laughs> was going i was um, like is the kt uh, tape gonna hold uh, it together no hero story, no nothing. Um, I had a, my, my physio actually ran the half marathon and she was at like 22, 23 miles as I stood off the side of the road and was like, I'm sorry. Then realized that the finish line was actually three miles directly down the road anyway. Like walk, hobble, jogged back. And I think I finished about 20th um, in 236, but I was I was kind of on 225, 226 pace. And yeah, so so that hurt a bit. And we had a little bit of a chat and the plan really was then get to the Lakeland 100 in one piece, do the Lakeland 100 and we'll do a bit of like lactate testing and stuff straight after it, after a week or two's recovery to see what was actually causing that problem when I was getting the speed. Um, so fr from Edinburgh really, I had to kind of take a little bit of care of myself. Did you, um, I was going to ask that, did you find out what the problem was? Not really. Um, not really. Not yet. That was kind of post Lakeland 100. So like essentially anything before like threshold is totally fine. I can go yeah. there. It was kind of when I was sitting in the threshold work and the reps work, something just biomechanically was really killing us. Um, and that was going to be problem number two, really, because that was problem for Berlin after the Lakeland 100. So focus was to get into the Lakelands make sure I got round in one piece, enjoy it, try and be as competitive as I can, and then focus on Berlin after with some sort of testing. Um, and yeah, I mean, Lakeland 100 didn't end the way I wanted it um, physically. Um, so Berlin's off the cards now and yeah. just care of my body. Oh, wow. It's a high price. I, that's a, uh, they, they take their toll, these long races. Did it, you know, all that was go going on with the, the lactic and the issue with your knee. Was that playing on you mentally too, as you were kind of getting ready to tour the line at the Lake 100? Ish. Not really. Um, because it was like kind of always just at that higher level work, 
I knew I wouldn't really be there at any stage across the 100 miles. Um, so it, it did, I realized that my body wasn't 100%. And I went into the race accepting that if it did occur at any stage, because I hadn't run over five, six hours really in preparation because I didn't want to do that 10, 12, 14 hour day in preparation in case I hurt myself. Essentially, I'd accepted in my head mentally that you'd give it your all. And if your body didn't play ball, it is what it is. But if your body did play ball, then happy days. And why the 100, why the late 100? It seemed like our social group all moved from Bob Graham round and then we all gravitated to the late 100. But I'm curious why the late 100 for you? It was just, especially like in the training group, it was something I always chatted, especially with Dave. Dave Johnson is like that circumnavigation of the whole of the Lake District, really. The route itself is just awesome. Um, that, and I've never done an ultra before, really. Bob Graham round being the first one. Um, Lake Land 100, I thought, was kind of a natural progression because it suited me more of a runner than a fell runner, really. Yeah. Um, less technical, longer distance. So I thought it would suit me a little bit more. Um, and it was just another challenge, really. I mean, 66 miles at the Bob Graham is. This was an extra 30-odd. Um, it's just that next thing on, I guess, the radar to test yourself against. Can you do it? Can you do it quick? Yeah. Can't do it? Um, a load of unknowns. That's what I like about the fell running and the ultra running so far. It's like there's a lot of unknown questions that going into a race... If I tore the line at a marathon or a half marathon, I'm pretty much got a time window of these two minutes or three minutes. Yeah. If I run well, I'm going to be there. If I run badly, I'm going to be there. I kind of know what I'm letting myself in for. Whereas with the fell running, Lakeland 100 could have been 30 hours for all I knew going into yeah. it. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, I'm just going to go out there and enjoy it. And what falls out the other side is what falls out the other side. I love that jeopardy, the roll of the dice. Like you say, you know, you, you train for a, a, a road marathon or if, well, I think the longer the distance, the the more jeopardy there, there is, but like a half marathon to 10K, you know pretty much what you're, you're within a, a minute or two. Um, but yeah, as soon as you go along and then you throw in the trails too, it, uh, yeah, it adds a lot of jeopardy. Could you talk us through the race? Um, you know, we've had a few uh, WhatsApps. It definitely uh, was seemed quite eventful, I think. Braithwaite, you took a few on the way to Braithwaite, you took a few tumbles, but yeah, it sounds like you kind of showed a lot of resilience. Yeah, so I mean, I was I was with uh, a lad called Sean Kennedy at the start, so we travelled over together. We did a lot of Bob Graham round training together, and I guess the key was just not to go off too hard. We we both had never done a hundred miles before, so the key was not to go off too hard up the old man. Um, and we we said like before we got set off, is like if I get the first checkpoint. Seathwaite in like anything less than an hour and 15 we need to like have a little word with ourselves uh, <laughs> I've seen these splits <laughs> um, but in the in the early stages really it was um, just keeping myself in and around Marsis I knew who Marsis was um, obviously an extremely good athlete and he often judges races well from what I've seen on Strava and yeah. never really goes off too hard Um and obviously, he's got history with the Lakeland 100 being in and around that 20-hour mark. So using him as kind of the first port of call, which was kind of the first few hours until the, the night kicked in, was really where I wanted to be in and around him. And to be honest, I 
apart from the first checkpoint, heading towards Wasdale, he was kind of setting the pace for us. We were in a little group and he was setting the pace and I thought it was actually a little bit hard. Yeah. Um, so I just went with it anyway, knowing that he was kind of the guy. And it was that descent into Wasdale that was on a little bit more runnable terrain. And it was me and a, a lad called um, Shane. Um, we just cracked down into Wasdale and we, we had a, a few minutes gap there already. Um, we, we weren't out ahead. Of, it was a guy was way out ahead of us, but ended up rolling both ankles within like oh, a minute or two and we passed them hobbling. Um, and it was at that stage as we came into Wasdale, me and, me and Shane kind of said to each other, let's kind of just get through the night together, have a bit of crack. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see where we are when, when morning comes. And we were just running along the bottom in, in Buttermere. And I guess it was just my, I guess my running legs on the flat, but I got to that checkpoint at Buttermere and there was no head torches in sight. And I was like, oh man, like I'm out in the lead. This is definitely not the plan. <laughs> um, so I grabbed some water there and, and head up through the, the trees um, into that climb, which is kind of a long drag and then a little bit of a steep climb up towards Braithwaite and then yeah. down into it. And I remember looking back um, at, at the top and there was just no head torches anywhere. And I knew that Marsis was there and, and Shane, obviously. And really, I was like kind of saying to myself, I don't really know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and again, it was coming down in a Braithwaite, I had a couple of glances back and just lost concentration and went over on my ankle quite badly. And I've got history there anyway with like bad ankles, poor flexibility. And within the space of literally five, six seconds, went over on it again, but this time... Oh, I oh my goodness. And I, and I looked down, my head touch, obviously glaring in my... It was like, it was just pumping up. It was like a foot pump. It was just going... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um... So this so, is where what probably thirty miles, no, maybe about thirty-five miles in. Yeah, um, just before the Braithwaite checkpoint, really. Um, yeah, okay. Rocky-ish terrain, but not big rocks like kind of like this kind of big. Um, quite difficult to run on. I think that's kind of like my worst terrain. I don't mind the little pebbles or the big rocks. It's kind yeah. of between. Like, <clears throat> Oh, the uh, ankle breakers. The well, it's dark, you know, it's dark. And if you see you're looking, you're looking over your shoulder then, and yeah, you probably don't give it respect. It de deserves that terrain. And yeah, it's quite easy, a trip. Yeah. And um, so I got, I got into the Braithwaite checkpoint and realized my foot was quite bad, but it wasn't really causing me too much issues. Um, I knew it was there. It was like, there was a lack of flexibility in it now. And it was, it was painful-ish, but it wasn't like, Really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I just told myself to get through the night. Just no matter what happens, just get through the night and see where you are. You can always call it a day at Dale Main. You've got a kit bag there. There's like a ferry, a bus um, back. But uh, th there was a a woman, Sharon Dyson. She helps out on loads of old But I know oh, from yeah. the, the cycling community, her dad was an absolute gent of a man. Um came out and took photos of all of the cycling all of the time and within minutes uploaded to Facebook. Um, so knew Sharon through the cycling and she was at the um, the checkpoint at Dockray. So my, my initial thoughts were get a Dockray, see Sharon, get a Dale main. And if it was bad at any point, we can call it a day. I had Sharon there as help. And the weather started turning quite bad um, from Blancathra. So nearly halfway point at Dockray, which is about halfway point really. Um, in terms of mileage for the 100. 
And I got in to see Sharon and I said, Sharon, I've, I've done my angle quite bad. And I gave her my water bottles. And she just went, I don't want to see you in yet. Give my water bottles and just clear out. So, <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Sharon, nice to see you. This is about four in the morning, freezing cold. <laughs> and you've been waiting to see Sharon for ages. Yeah. She wasn't having any of it. So I, I want you in and out here. See you later. And they had a big fire pit on. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was back out on the road. None of this is for you. <laughs> Get out. Well done, Sharon. I like that. Yeah. So she kicked me up the way. And then it was a Dale man before I knew it really. And, and kind of dawn was on the horizon there. And there I had my kit bag at Dalemain. So looked down the angle was quite bad. The idea was to do like a, a kit change at Dalemain, getting something a little bit more comfortable. But it was still raining and it was a little bit windy. I had pretty much waterproof sound at this stage. So the kit change was out the window. Rubbed to my pro friend gel on it and on my way really. Um, and got through Pooley Bridge. And really where I started feeling it was the Fusedale climb. Um, so we're talking, what, 60-odd miles now, Gary, 70 miles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Um, and, and the wind was coming straight into your face up Fusedale. Um, and I was by myself, and I was I was struggling. I was struggling to eat and drink at this stage. Um, and did you ever – sorry, Ali, I was curious. Did, so when you got to see a deal, man, and, and um, Howtown – as you were leaving, were other runners coming in or were you completely isolated then? Didn't, yeah, didn't really know where anyone was at this stage. But okay. the feeling inside myself was I was slowing down considerably. Um, I was getting cold um, and the heart rate wasn't up. I didn't wear any heart rate monitor or anything like that. But the, the feeling was like I'm struggling a little bit. Um, didn't want to eat anything, was struggling to drink anything, which wasn't really like me. And my bod grew around and just ate and drank all the time. It was great. I'm a foodie, yeah. a little, but couldn't really keep anything down. Um, and yeah, going to Fusedale and, and down to Hogtown on, on the bottom on the rocks. Struggled a lot, but yeah, looking back over the shoulder, I couldn't see anyone. Um, mm. And then seeing the guys over over at that checkpoint and climbed up Gatesgarth. Again, it's around about a mile's climb, 20 minutes or so. Um, zigzagging up and down. I got the top of there and always checking over the shoulder and be like, <laughs> I'm about to get swallowed up here, really. Running scared, Ali. I never thought I'd hear this. <laughs> that stage in the race, it was kind of, I'd accepted it anyway, because like, it is what it is. Like, I'd push myself to where I thought was achievable and I didn't really feel that good. The wind and the cold and the rain, the lack of food was taking its toll and yeah. I needed a bit of a, a, bit of a pick-me-up, really. And I came off Gatescarf um, and this was a bit of a weird thing across the hundred from there. Really, was like, are you called Ali? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone be watching you on the tracker. So this is kind <laughs> of early morning now. Um, and it was like, oh, you've got like a forty-five minute lead. I was like, ah. right, that's brilliant. That picks me up a little bit and yeah. gives me a little bit of faith. Um, and yeah, came down there and ended up getting into the Kentnia checkpoint. And I had a little bit of food in there, which was nice. Had some water bottles. Sharon was food. around, so you could actually uh, replenish. Yeah, and uh, there, was, there was plenty of like pasties and that still left. Gary hadn't been through them. The disco hadn't started yet, which was a bit disappointing. I've seen some pictures afterwards where they had like a good disco in there. But um, yeah, managed on that Kentnia climb to, to have a little bit of food. But then got down in Ambleside where the family were. That was what was keeping me going really from 
Pope Townish onward was I knew yeah. there was family a couple hours up the road, which would be nice. Um, and there's some pictures of me coming in Ambleside, and I'm just like a ghost, really. I'm pretty white. You look um, a little bit oh, scary. Wow. To a school child, you could be a little, you look so white. So I, I got in there and I was thinking, right, this is the perfect opportunity just to have a couple of minutes with the family there and get some food. And I asked them what food they had, and they were like, I haven't really got much food. I've got some like biscuits. Can I say the people that you were really looking for, they're terrible supporters. <laughs> oh, you You're not allowed to take food. So my, my sister came up to me and she was like, I've got these. And my wife came over to me, I've got these. And I was like, no, honestly, I don't want to take them because yeah. I don't want anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. would be watching too. There'd be no somebody. Outs- yeah, there. no outside assistance. Yeah, Facebook yeah, like, warrior would be on that before you knew it. Definitely didn't want to... Um, like kind of jeopardize where I was in the race. I think if I was like in 15th, 20th place, I probably would have just took something and yeah, yeah that's what it is. But like, I definitely didn't want anything jeopardizing them or any questions asked. So he, he brought me out a slice of Jim Hague, a ginger cake, which actually for like half an hour put me like back on a normality. Um, and then really just back to where I was coming in Ambleside and the remaining 20 or so mile from there was just, the same as really it was just lack of energy and yeah um i suppose I, it catches up with you doesn't it oh, that's that's basically yeah. it. I, I don't really know what it was um I, i'd like to maybe try some more savory things the next time i race um everything was really like martin bars or sweets or jellies or biscuits or flapjacks or didn't really have anything substantial to eat really um which is probably where i fell down um so yeah, mix it up the next time and see what it's like. But don't really ever fancy anything savory when I'm running. It's one of them things that you just need to keep the hunger away, really, and knowing that your body needs some sort of fuel and energy. So I did yeah. love the Jamaican ginger cake. Another thumbs up for that. I I think I probably had about a kilo of that over the <laughs> course of the. <laughs> it's the only thing that would really it was like that went down, and even though I seem to be having some ginger overload with all my nutrition but yeah the jamaican ginger cake that went down awesome that high intensity start as well you were you were running fast the first third first half till the ankles probably you burn through your fuel really quickly as well it's very hard to absorb fuel isn't it and it's also then very hard to eat if you're moving that fast as well when you're above graham it's different isn't it you just not got that high intensity heart rate that perhaps you had in the first bit of lakeland i'm amazed that that must have been some pretty miserable solo miles from Ambleside to, to Tibberthwaite and to Coniston. That um, what Gary, have you got deets on the splits? Did you did were people catching Ali or was he? Well, pretty... Ali Neil, yeah, the guy who finished second, ever so slightly. I think the last three uh, checkpoints, he might have made a few minutes here or there. But generally, you know, were you such a generous lead that it, it was um, too much to do too late in the race? So yeah, um, only Neil was kind of. Gain, gaining on you put too much too much of a job for him to do were you mindful of that though safe sip so ambleside i know some of the checkpoints did have screens in it so w- would you say look at how people were doing later on in the race or were you just straight through not really i mean my mental state from kind of that gates cough onwards were that people were catching me anyway and i was accepting yeah. that so when i finished and i had to look back through the splits to see that it was only neil and really we're talking like a couple of minutes in the last 30 miles or so yeah made anything was really quite surprising because I thought I was I was long gone just like going backwards with the parachute on and it was interesting actually because 
the the weather was favourable on that first section with the wind, which I found out when I was climbing Fusedale. Yeah. Um, I read a report actually that um, the, the line was marked Derbyshire's course record was never in threat or something like that. But if you look at my splits to Dale, man, I'm about 40 or 50 minutes up on his course record time, Dale, man. Oh, interesting. So I look back, yeah, and I'm, I'm actually quite a bit ahead of it, which doesn't surprise me because I think it was a little bit too hard early doors. Okay. Um, and the wind slash weather was helpful, really. Yeah. It was going to be more torture in the back door. And then a multitude of issues as well as me. Um in the second half meant I was like, he destroyed me in the second half. Um, especially the weather he had was not favourable. I mean, it was close and hot, wasn't it? I think, yeah, Mark yeah. Uh, did a good year. Um, God, it's really yeah. interesting, actually, the splits. I'd never looked at, say, your splits compared to uh, Mark's. But yeah, I think Eddie, we chatted last year. He had a real strong uh, second, last third of the race. He was flying, yeah. I think he, he nearly, like, got on the podium in the 50, didn't he, with his second half time? It was like, it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't. But you had a lot of Jamaican ginger cake. Um, <laughs> you finish. How you must have been when you've had a race where mentally almost it's been harder than physically to drag your sorry ass to the finish line. How did it feel to finish? And then what did the next twenty four hours look like? Let's have some honesty because I think Calm sometimes yeah. people paint this glossy like UTMB finishing, and I'm like, you, I bet that next twenty four hours is horrendous. So, yeah, I mean, what pulled me through really was family. I knew that family were waiting at the finish line, which is good um, to finish and spent like five or so, 10 minutes there with Mark, um, just thanking him really. I mean, never experienced sort of like a community spirit like that before the labor and from kind of turning up there on the Friday all the way through, through all the checkpoints and the competitors and um, and came in and had, had some high fives with the crew that were there, got my T-shirt, got my medal and started speaking with some people in the village. Um, so I spent 20, 30 minutes there. Didn't even take my stuff off. I was still wet and had my backpack and stuff on and, and tried to grab some food. And um, eventually my brother-in-law decided that it was time to go and get changed. And I just sat down at a table and uh, I just said, oh, I think I'm going to go here. My, my head just went light. And for the next 45 minutes to an hour, I had a paramedic next to me checking blood pressure. Um, Dave Johnson, who I mentioned before, my Bob Graham came out with support and he was there at the finish and he turned up like 20, 30 minutes into this escapade where I'm I'm just sitting, sweating, shivering. My blood pressure, he couldn't get a reading on. I felt horrendous. I started being wow. sick. Um, and, and looking back, I guess, there's a couple of things. Obviously, the adrenaline that came out of my body. Um, I hadn't really eaten um wasn't in a good state physically really um guessing the ankle probably had something to do with it um so yeah i had all good intentions of being fresh and all that sort of stuff but i ended up being sick constantly really from i left the village there maybe an hour and a half after i finished yeah um decided that it was probably best if i went east and back home wife drove me back with my dad um, in the back with me being sick and five or six nights the shower was a struggle um, and then went to bed sick through the night it was like it, it just was constant wouldn't stop and I knew something wasn't right because like that's not right um, mm. I, I tried to get out of bed the next morning and 
my ankle was a mess. It was horrendous, bruised badly. Went for an X-ray, confirmed a break in the outside of my ankle, um, big ligament damage. So been in a boot since um, that came off about a week ago. So went from this real high of like winning, didn't really expect to do it, enjoyed it really. I know mentally it was quite tough and stuff and I was kind of pushing myself quite hard and there was a lot of thoughts that go through your head on 100 mile race, but um, did really enjoy it. So this kind of oh, broke my handle in the process. Um, what am I going to do from here? Berlin's off the cards. Yeah. So like physically and mentally, kind of the... The Sunday and Monday was a lot worse. Than- well, my yeah, eyes are yeah. so tough. Um, so did you? You actually broke it when you twisted it, and you actually yeah. ran. You actually ran <clears throat> that fast on a broken ankle. To be fair, it's not like a proper snap or a break. It was like a, you might still broken. Yeah, it's still it's, it's still through the middle of my ankle. So that, that was all quite hard to take. Um, yeah. So, and, and yeah, the, the day or two after was not pretty at all. No, they come down. I always do that. Like I've learned now, I've done millions of ultras and uh, or the come down, I have a terrible come down. And now my husband, he li- we literally fit. And I always like, you want to appreciate the finish. You want to hang around and everybody's like, and people, some people finish and just can stand <laughs> around and they're chatting and you're like, what? I pass out. I normally start shaking uncontrollably. I'm sick. I can't eat anything. And then I want a Dorito and then I'm sick again. And then, and it's a horrendous. And my husband's now like, I know this is what happens. Get in there, get your clothes off. Not in that sort of way. Get changed, (laughs) get a hat on you and going home. And I'm always like, oh, and he's like, we need to start the journey home because within two hours, you're going to be vomiting in a poo bag. And so I want to get close to home as possible. So it is rubbish. If you can't, if you get the rubbish come down. Um, and I didn't have a broken, well, I have had a broken bone from a race like that as well. I'm absolutely amazed of your pain threshold that you can, um, well, I'm not, I'm not amazed. Hard as nails. Hard as nails. Of course he is. He's from north of the border. Um, <laughs> what, uh, a couple of more, a couple more questions um, about your sort of like, you talked about your road miles and your training week. Do you have a coach or uh, you self-coach just kind of go by feel? Yeah, so just just go by myself, really. Um, You've got a good group that you sort of... Does anybody set your sort of sessions or do you sort of chat about what you're going to do? Gary loves a Garmin session. <laughs> I, I, I utilise that functionality on Garmin quite a bit, mind. It's good. Um, but no, um, I, so I joined Gateshead maybe... Ooh, when was it? There's, there's a funny story, which I'll not go into. That's not really funny, but um, I took somebody's number for a Great North Run. Um and ran a 68, which was up there and got disqualified. <laughs> Kicked off a little bit, let's say. Um, and from then, I joined Gateshead um, as a club and decided that I would enter in my own name and yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to the ins and outs of that. But from then, I started training with a, a coach called John Stevenson, who would run sessions every Tuesday and Thursday night. So I, I would really build my week around that. I would kind of have a Tuesday, an easy Wednesday, a hard Thursday, an easy Friday, a hard weekend, and an easy Monday. That was kind of my structure, and it always has been. Um, working a nine to five, I kind of always like utilize the Saturday and a Sunday and, and really make the body quite fatigued on a Saturday and Sunday when I can. 
yeah. in, in the week, do less miles. Obviously, when you train for something like this, it's quite hard to do low miles, but less time. So there's a little bit more time spent with the wife, with the family, yada, yada, yada. Um, but unfortunately, um, earlier this year, John passed away. Um, so that Tuesday and Thursday session um, was really left to the lads to run until we find another coach. So, I mean, the sessions are still happening, but I've kind of took a back step away from that. So um, me and I mentioned before, Dan, we kind of do our own little sessions. We'll chat. He's like-minded, so he's trying to currently at the minute break um, the record for the six major marathons run by an amateur combined time. Interesting. He's only got uh, New York and Tokyo to run, and he has to run well within his capability in both of those to break that record, which would be a, a good feat. It'd be a yeah. good um, so really we're quite like-minded and, and like putting putting each other through the paces, really. So kind of a Tuesday and a Thursday, and normally a Saturday, um, we train together. And outside of that, I do my own thing. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday and a Sunday, I'd kind of do my own little thing. Sunday tends to be a long, long run, um, either with him or in the fells somewhere, especially in the in the run up to the lake, then definitely in the fells. Um, and I mean, in the lead up of the Bob Graham round, it was like we'd run with Dan, it was like 20, 25 miles, and then I'd go off and just do another few hours. Maybe <laughs> like, you're insane. I was like, no, I've got 19, 20 hours to run actually. So this is nothing really. So um, yeah, that's what my week generally looks like. Some speed sessions in the week and a good meaty long session on a weekend with just little bits in between. It's important, the group, I think, especially if you're looking to find people with similar ability. And um, yeah, I can confirm <clears throat> when you're saying about going to do your own thing. There's a few times I think we've maybe done leg four and then you've went up Dale Head, Dale Head and done a few extra miles. You've probably done a few miles before we turned up as well. So I wanted to have a long day out and obviously knew that you guys were coming across. So the idea was to go up Dale Head before you guys arrived with fresh legs. So went up there and came back down and then do it after to see kind of how does the time vary? Because never doing ultras before, how does the time vary between fresh and fatigue? So yeah. fresh, come back down, do a long day out. We had a good day that day. Um, go up again and see what it was like. And, <laughs> um, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I've read some stuff that where Killian, he does a lot more mad stuff than what I do, but he, he did something where he just decided to take all the food out of his cupboards and just train constantly until his body said no. Um, I mean, it's nothing, anything like that, but yeah. it's kind of the same concept of just trying to understand how does your body actually react on something you've never done before. It's like, a, I don't know, it's it's quite weird. Not knowing it is, yeah, it's not, something I'd, it's not something I'd ever think about doing. I'm not taking all the food out of my cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, mice no get it first. Mice will get it first. Um, I've got a question before we finish. Uh uh, same question we asked Emma Stewart, winner of Lakeland 100. Um, Jonathan Jameson, one of our patrons of the podcast, asked, what would be one tip for anyone doing the Lakeland 100 training, mm. kit, food, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, anybody, perhaps a newbie, what would be one thing? Say for, me, it's, for me, it was always get out and get as much as the course under your belt as possible. Um, everyone's got the map, right? So they can nab at any stage. Most people have it on their watch these days. But for me, really, I wanted to just autonomously be able to take that left, take that right, go straight ahead. Um, and that's something that re- disrewards really, especially when I was getting tired and um, 
towards the end of the race where it was like, I just need to get to that stage and breaking the race down was quite easy from there because I knew it was just that hill and just there and just that left. Yeah. And that was me done. Um, plus it saves time not having to get the map out, especially if conditions are a bit gnarly. Um, if the watch dies, for example. So yeah, definitely try and say, get as much as the course record as possible. Cause I think that allows you to prepare mentally as well for exactly what is coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, exactly what you're letting yourself in for rather than, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> Nobody told me Fusedale was that hard to claim. <laughs> told me about the wind at Fusedale. It doesn't say yeah. that on the map. Uh, what was your trainer? What was your trainer of choice? Trainer was an innovate Terra Ultra. Um, the, the 270, chose, is it? Or the 260, whatever it is? 70, yeah, 270, yeah. The reason I chose that was because I find the wet rock pretty grippy still in those shoes. I like the wet rock in those shoes. And I know, especially in the second half when the legs are a little bit more tired, in the terrain that is in that second mm -hmm. half, has a lot more rocky. And, and it kind of rewards, really. Um, there's not as much boggy, muddy stuff, albeit there is some but there's less of it. And I think in, in a percentile, there was more wet rock than there was mud. So I decided off for that. Albeit it didn't have much angle support, which maybe didn't really its rewards. <laughs> Even though it broke your ankle, it also then got you to the finish as well. So Super comfy as well, actually. Um, didn't suffer with blisters or anything like that. Um, the feet themselves. Which is amazing because you must have been running a bit funny on your ankle. You can't, mm. your gait and everything must have been thrown out of it. So uh, it's amazing that you didn't end up with then something else hurting blisters no super happy with shoes yeah it's a good shoe i that was my bob graham shoe and i think i've done 100k in that shoe as well so yeah good shoe i've got one more question actually um you alluded like for mark Derbyshire's uh record maybe not go back and defend your crown i think you've got some other plans potentially for next year do you, do you fancy a crack at the record one day i think it's out there um definitely i mean mark's an absolutely superb athlete and i don't think his time is the best he could do either i think he could go quicker than what he did. Um, would I go back and try and get the record? Maybe. I don't think it's on the horizon anytime soon. Um, I'm kind of just setting my feet out in the Ultra community, really. Got eyes on UTMB. I mean, after last week, who wasn't? I mean... <laughs> oh, let's make it happen, eh? It'll all be there uh, on the start line. You know, obviously, Mark, I mean, what a superb race he had. Um was was certainly a very good race from him and there's a lot of inspiring stuff came out of this uh this week gone so yeah um uts is probably the next thing um to try and get some stones in the bag and yeah get some entries in i think i'll probably do ccc first if i can if i get in mainly because it's a little bit more runnable um yeah. a little bit shorter so yeah maybe get a crack at that i think like anything else, so I kind of like to go all in for these things. So like finding the time to get out there, get on the trails I'd want to do before. Um, mm -hmm. but giving it not until kind of 2024 20, um, yeah. minimum. Should have ample time to do that. Um, so yeah, may maybe a bit of UTS action. Um, Berlin, that was meant to happen this year, has been pushed back the next year. So I think that fits quite nicely in that try and go after the fast marathon at the end of the year and focus the start of the year on on the ultra stuff. And then I, I guess I'm probably going to have to make a deciding call like I did between cycling and running that kind of do a rapid tarmac and just do the long stuff or, because I don't think you can do both, right? It's a little bit like anything. It's like when I 
a 5k guy is trying to run a marathon for the first time it, it just doesn't really work so chasing two chickens ali it's tough yeah especially you getting a bit older you've got quite i think probably about 20 years younger than me so yeah you can do as much whatever he wants just <laughs> mad for the next 10 years what's the detail with the utmb though so you get your pedals um you said about ccc but could you enter the utmb is it still in a ballot or i'm really confused on the whole entry process i wonder if you could enter the ballot yeah you have to get your bloody pebbles and then you still go in the ballot unless you do one of the if you do uts and you finish in however many places they've given uh i think it was like top 10 for the 170 last year then you get an automatic place for the UTMB. Otherwise, it's just the same. They're just calling them stones, aren't they, instead of the points, and then you have to... Fingers crossed. Yeah. Give to basically just write checks. UTMB. Already. UTMB. <laughs> just keep writing checks, and then one day, they'll keep cashing them, and then one day they'll give you a place, basically. That's, that's definitely... um, It's definitely there. I want to do it. I mean, I don't like the whole idea of kind of doing a race and finishing all right and just getting a lottery ticket into a ballot yeah i kind of like the idea of if you've earned your right to be there you be there whether that's doing so many races over the years i certainly like the the inclusivity as well i'm not all for races where it should just be fast guys or fast women racing it should be for everyone which is what i quite like about the ballot process but yeah i'm not, I'm not really a fan of the whole do one race in the uk which only happens once a year and gather some lottery tickets and maybe get in it's, bit tough uh, i like the um late 100 years ago when it was the old system to enter utmb i'd done quite a few races so i had the points but i needed another big race which could have been the late 100 but they didn't kind of buy into the whole utmb system so which i really respected but was actually quite annoying at the time as well <laughs> because i couldn't enter the ballot but hey no that was good the other than 800 it's a, it's a big enough race on its own to not be a feeder for another another event yeah, for sure should we do the quick five Let's do it. You've been allowed free reign on these now, Gary. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm more nervous. Okay. No, no, no. Honestly, they're they're quite. Uh, there's a low. There's a low bar with my naked or G strip. What's that, Gary? Come off that. Delete that one. <laughs> it's Groundhog Day, Ali. You wake up and it's either the morning of the late hundred, the morning of your Bob Graham round attempt, or the morning of any marathon major. What would you prefer? It's a tough one. Boston Marathon's got a place in my heart, got to admit. But that Bob Graham round, half three in the morning, waking up to like sideways sleet and snow <laughs> on something that you'd like kind of plan for a year. Yeah. That's going to take some beat nothing. So yeah, Bob Graham round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know who the most famous British Bailey is. This is according to Google. <laughs> nah, go on. Enlighten. But he's quite greedy, actually. Um, he's an actor, comedian, musician, and singer. Does the lot. Bill, Bill Bailey. There you go. Oh, cool. He's quite funny, Love actually. Bill Bailey. <laughs> now, this doesn't have to be the shoes that you did the Lake 100 in. We've got a competition run at the moment where he's literally, you know, you could have to throw all of your shoes out or you'd only keep one pair of shoes, which would be your shoe of choice. Yeah, I'd, I'd got to go with the S-Lab Ultra 3. I, I still think that shoe was awesome for everything. Um, I'm surprised you you didn't wear that on the... I saw some pictures of you and I kind of clocked you in a bit straight away and I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that Ali never had his Solomons on. Yeah, they were in the bag at Dale, man. Um, but um, it was just that little bit of... Because they're quite worn, you see. I didn't invest in a new pair. 
been the finance tight gatherer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so it can't be like a, a Morton gel or even um, a cheer charge flapjack, but you're saying jelly babies, jelly tots, that kind of race fuel. What would be your, you're in the co-op, what are you going to grab before you go for a day on the fells? We have this amongst the lads in the group chat with a 29 pence flapjack from Home Bargains. Oh, there you go. It's incredible. Pure sugar cane, butter, and a few oats. 600 calories for 29 pence. (laughs) 600 calories. I need to write this down. I need this in my spine pack. What's it called? Home Bargains. 29p flapjack. It's like the essentials flapjack. I mean, they're not good for the weight in the pack. Don't care about that. It's it's going to be like lockdown though. You know when all the toilet roll had disappeared? Everyone's going to be rushing to home bargains. Put five of these in the pack for the spine. Done. Nutrient debt. Nutrient debt. It's a tough question um, because they were also wonderful. But if you had to pick one, your favorite Lakeland Hundred checkpoint. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, they were all awesome. To be honest, um, Sharon, she's got a place in my heart. But considering she's got so, a place in all our hearts. So yeah, th- those bridges are burned now. She told me to clear off. <laughs> I think. Um, I think, albeit I only spent. Literally 20 seconds in there was the one at Blencathra. Yeah. I got in, what, one o'clock in the morning or something like that, and they were all dressed as pirates and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and up on the screen, they had me, so the, the, picture, the picture that you get took at the start of the league, and they had me, that picture, but like with an eye patch on. and Brilliant. Yeah, that, that gave me a good <laughs> smile when otherwise the body was hurting a little bit. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll give them that one. A timely boost. Fantastic. <laughs> Awesome. That's it for me. You've been great today, Ali. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Thank you, Ali, so much. Good luck with settling into the new house and uh, maybe putting maybe a picture on the wall behind you. I don't know. Good <laughs> with the recovery. I hope the ankle heals. Bones always heal stronger. You're only going to come back stronger. Um, and we can't wait to see your plans. And we'll be following your, your UTMB journey. Yeah, I'm super excited for that bit of dot watching. Yeah, thanks so much, Ali. Good luck. Keep that ankle rested. Take care. Oh, Ali, what a legend. I love his story, road running, and then the way he's transferred to the fells, he makes it sound slightly easier, slightly nervous about his fragile ankles. Hope the recovery, that was a couple of weeks ago now that we've got that, so I hope you're back on your feet a little bit more, Ali. Look forward to what you've got planned in the future. His Strava does make you feel inadequate when you see Ali going out for like a sub seven-minute mile it's when the first mile is sub seven or sub six. I'm always like, how do people do that? How do they go out the door and knock out? You know, it does it definitely, if I whack out a nine minute mile, my first mile, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> but he is lucky. You know, he mentioned uh, Danny Alexander, his friend, and Danny's super fast too. Um, so to have two people, similar ability. You really can push yourself. Upcoming races. It's a busy week this week, actually, Eddie. Um, ben Neversultra up in Scotland. I think that's a Solomon event. So there's a few different 
uh, distances you can take on all sold out entries <laughs> no, no more entries for that and also another race that there's no more entries but very i think i've done this definitely done it once maybe done it twice the hardmore 60 great race down the coast to Filey. yeah so best of luck everybody doing that one We've also got the Robin Hood Ultra. I've heard um, this 100 mile of this. I've heard uh, good things about this. I think I've had a client that's done it a few years ago. Fully marked, nice underfoot, runnable scenic trails. Oh, sounds lovely. Yeah. The route heads into Sherwood Forest. Oh, Robin Hood's homeland. Before returning back to South Wheatley. Relatively flat with no major climbs, just steady on undulations on occasions, making it a fast course with course record at 15 hours, 39 minutes. Nice, fast. A lot of people have a sub 24 hour goal for 100 milers. Yeah, you can go, <laughs> you can do pretty well if well, you go no, there. Take it down, take that record down. <laughs> okay, I wonder what the pace for mile is on that 15 minutes mile. But yeah, hopefully I'll get a sub 24 hours on that course. That would be awesome. Ooh, I've just seen it. What you've got coming up. Awesome. <laughs> I'm nervous and I've got a cold, Gary, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to. So we've got these sandbagging. chats. <clears throat> oh, sandbagging. <laughs> but, um, so I've got my first Swift race and I'm really serious. Oh my God, all this stuff I've had to do and sign in and... <gasps> I just don't want to come last, Gary. But then again, I keep saying to myself, it doesn't matter. You turn up. It doesn't matter if I come last. There's, there's, there's 16,000 people signed up to do it. Oh. Everyone gets into category. So oh, I'm not sure my Wi-Fi is going to take the pressure of this. And it's not till 8.30. You need to beef your wife out, Betty. 8.30, Gary. I've got to start. Oh, and my it, goodness. Oh, my God. 8.30. And we have to have a nap today. I have to have a nap. I'm going to have to preload the calories. I'm Get just some gonna, tea charge bars ready. I had a little practice. I've, I've ridden the course on Zwift um, twice. And it's basically like undulating. So if you have a turbo trainer like mine, it puts the hill on. Yeah. So you feel like you're climbing a hill. So it's undulating, undulating for about 45 minutes, which is quite hard because you're going down and up loads. And my my bike is like stuck in one gear. So it's just really fast or really stuck in a gear. Um, and then the last, then you get to the bottom of this climb and it's, well, it took me 27 minutes to go up at 10%, 12%. So you're basically yeah. pushing your 20 minute effort for 20, just over 20 minutes, but you've already done 45 minutes. Of, so it's oh. really hard. I tried, it took me an hour and eight minutes by myself and I wasn't pushing the first bit. And then I did push up the climb. By the time I finished the climb, my legs were shaking so much I couldn't unclip from the bike. So I oh. don't know what state. I I'm love how, how much you push yourself. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I don't know what state I'm going to be in tonight. I'm going to have to shut the door and say, no one come in because I want to see your you mother. You need two towels for this one, Eddie. Oh my God. Four bottles, two towels, <laughs> four gels. I'll take your pre <laughs> and I'm quite looking forward to it in a sort of strange narcissistic is that the word to use when you're going to heap a load of pain um and it'll be good training. masochistic narcissistics horrible people isn't it on the internet <laughs> oh, oh, oh well that too um uh so yeah so I did my hill reps for the week yesterday because I thought oh, I could be like broken for a couple of days after this so um I sort of scheduled my week so that 
tomorrow I can just jog around complaining. Good job about... recording now, not tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, the energy, imagine that we did this tomorrow. It's all for the podcast, the content. I'll take your picture from my face at the end of it. Always good to do things out of your comfort, out of your zone. Probably better to do a running race, but never mind. I love um, that you've done the, so two reckies. That's awesome prep, that is. Yeah, prep. My mate that got me into this terrible situation, she's uh, she's like, Eddie, you know, you've, you've like prepared. I'm like, yeah, but that's because I'm the worst so you have to make up for the fact I haven't got any bike fitness by being a little bit more prepared that was my idea anyway yeah. rest of the week we're gonna have to see what my legs are like I've got a moderate paced run to do and a long run long run ofs will happen because it's the best bit of the week moderate run I'm just gonna see if the legs are tired I'll just jog around listening to podcasts about running um <laughs> what have you oh god Gary look at all these sessions you've got planned it's very dull. I've got nothing adventurous going on. Um, I'm just, I was scrambling around. Right what... I think we can just taste that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to spice things up on my bloody vlog. I need to go and do some more. Awesome <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, that's the Patreon members. Cost <laughs> you five quid for that one. Harry in his pajamas, pay five pounds. Oh, goodness. Well, I've got these. I was doing my little time lapse workout and I've got these like swimming shorts, but the undies are a bit loose and after i did it i was worried that my little meat and two veg were you see the in-betweeners when they do the fashion show and his nuts are hanging out i was worried that I was going to or in friends when he's when the guy goes put the mouse back in the house it's a family show yeah. i always say that to the kids if they're running around this is a family show i need to so, i need to check that content before that goes out this week. <laughs> for the workouts People go, Gary, Gary. Oh, well, once it's out there as well, someone takes a screen grab and there's no there's no getting it back, is there? <laughs> but workouts, um, back on track, Gary, come on. <clears throat> Three times 10 minutes, that's a big, that's a good workout. And then four times eight minutes, another what? super dupe one. And then another classic 2020 20 in the long run on a Sunday. I've checked already. It is just another easy run on Sunday so yeah I'm going to do one of those today actually making up with Neil later on is it the three tens or four eights or the 2020 I'm not sure but generally yeah I'm feeling my weeks are a bit well as far as training I had a message from a mate the other day and she's like you okay are you alive and I was like yeah I'm fine training day in day out plus everything else it's not glamorous it's not it's not fancy it's like the podcast it's consistent. It's just the consistency. <laughs> but I'm missing the mountains. That would be nice just to oh, spice. Yeah. But yeah, consistent. It. And I think that is yeah. the key. Like you say, it's nothing spicy, nothing too sexy, but keep showing up. And I'm definitely feeling now. Like your swimming trunks, keep those. Yeah, just keep showing up. Um, definitely feeling now that had that initial shock of training where I was crying about how hard everything was. And yeah, the paces are still slow, but the body is aware of what's going on. So yeah, that's fine. We're good. We've got a competition running over on Facebook at the moment. There's one more week. I pinned it to the top of Facebook yesterday. Very good admin. I know. Excellent admin, Eddie. Take a pitch of your favorite current shoes. I mean, there's some, there's one pair of shoes. I'm not going to say it, which is coming out top 
at the moment, uh, either on the trails, muddy in the box. <laughs> people listen to the podcast and put their dogs in the tra- in their trainers. You have no shame, people. Um, so, yeah, post your picture up there. Favorite picture. We will uh, give uh, a pair. Sorry, I can't enter the pair of shoes. Not a pair of shoes. We will give. Let's <laughs> give me a pair of shoes. You can have an old pair of mine if you like. I'll sign them. <laughs> Uh, competition closes september 21st you know guess what eddie oh you are oh gary's put insert some podcast banter oh you set me up big time i can't insert any podcast. i haven't got it i haven't got it on the my one attempt at scripting something all i can think about is you in the swimming trunks it's really thrown my uh it's thrown the end of this podcast Go on, tell me what you want to tell me. As long as ah, it's we've got another, we've got another five star review. Oh, disgusting, 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 Gary. That's a lot of text here. Is it I need to take a deep breath. I need to punctuate this properly. Ultra Johnny via Apple Podcast. I, can you leave a review on Spotify? I'm not like um. 100% I don't. Sure. Well, I just go on iTunes. I don't know about the Spotify. Just one iTunes, everybody. Yeah, iTunes, yeah. The Apple machine. It's still low. We still don't have a five-star rating because there's a guy about two years ago that said we were terrible. Well, he was a bit lukewarm. Then somebody did mean to give a five-star review, but they only give a one-star review. <laughs> My mistake. That's <laughs> messed the algorithm <laughs> But yeah, Johnny by Apple Podcast. Ultra Johnny, sorry. Uh, he spends a lot of time driving to work. And for the past two months, Gary and Eddie have been my companions on long drives. I've listened to every pod, every episode from the start. In that time, I'm a little bit gutted now that he's all caught up. The banter between Gary and Eddie is highly amusing, and it's great to hear about their own running journeys and upcoming races especially as i aim to compete in some of the same races myself Ooh, Ooh. say what maybe spine maybe lakeland maybe tour de Havelin. Ooh, yeah i'll be really super curious actually um if you yeah do see one of us um, i'm available for selfies at any events don't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, where are we at? Yeah, the guests are all top draw, draw and a good mix of backgrounds and achievements. And I look forward to seeing who they will get to chat to next. Keep up the good work, guys. Just wish you had another 100 episodes for me to listen to so I don't have to wait each week now. What a Waiting. lovely... It's lovely. It's, it's hard, but it's good. It means you appreciate us more, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, uh, You know, it's, if you find a good TV sure say on netflix or something and you have to you binge watch but then when you catch up it's like god damn it <laughs> i've got to wait yeah but it's the waiting is sometimes a good bit because you never feel good after a binge do you you're always like oh, i went too deep into that but have a little bit of time out and then you'll appreciate us all that little bit more <laughs> thanks very much to all our patreon members who continue to sign up um there's competition for all members over there it's sending uh at the end of september nice and simple name out a hat and you'll be sent some cheer charge and podcast goodies keep a lookout as well for guests uh question requests we haven't put any up because we recorded so many we've got interviews over the last month or so we've got a backlog yeah. of interviews that we're putting out but when we start re-interviewing new people we will um we will put some requests up there so you guys can get involved as well that was Ooh. episode 107 107 thanks for listening everyone thank whoa, you whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. you Sorry. started i finish <laughs> damn it okay. hold off <laughs> Is that the first time I've told you off? <laughs> what did 
it says Eddie, you haven't changed the script. You've sorry. done many bad things. <clears throat> okay, sorry, I apologise. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. Five star to you <laughs> if you made it to the end, and thanks to your charge too. God, it's getting painful. I can tell you're doing too much vlogging. You're becoming like the what is it? Who is the guy that used to do blankety blank and stuff? And it's a five star review to you, Terry Wogan. <laughs> oh, they keep guests, competition winners, and any night fuel in our adventures and our all round super supporters to everyone out on the trails. They also have shared a generous discount code over on Patreon too. Thanks for that. And a big shout out to our Patreon members. It's a massive help and your support keeps the lights and mics on. If this is your first time you've listened to the show and fingers crossed you've done enough for you to pop back next week and maybe tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. That is slick. Do you like that? I got, I got a bit bored to be the end and I was like, oh, I I <laughs> shoot me down, shoot me down all the time. <laughs> My name is Gareth Witts. I'm Eddie Sutton and I love you really, Gareth. I love you too, Eddie. <laughs> yes. Run to the hills. Mm-hmm.